This is Revisiting Haven. Hey, Havenites, this is Amy J, and with me is Amy S. Hi, everyone, this is the other Amy. Hey, guys, apologies for the delay in recording and getting this to you. It's the day of the next episode, and here we are talking about the previous episode. Um, I appreciate your patience. I have been out. It was, it's my fault. I was sick, still am, but we really wanted to get this out for you. So here we are. It's not your fault you're sick, Amy. <laughs> That's true. It's my coworker who, by the way, if you are sick, please don't go into work. Okay, <laughs> don't infect everybody else. But I'm on the mend, and here we are with Haven. Um, what a way to start the day. Uh, yes. So let's start with a little bit of news that we may have. Amy, you got anything? Not really. Uh, we know there's going to be another episode of Haven Origins that's going to be released on November 7th. And I thought that was only going to be three episodes long. I wasn't 100% sure on that. I thought it was going to end, but it looks like there's going to be another episode, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we know Laura Manell is now part of the cast. She made her debut last week towards the end, and we can look forward to a lot more episodes with her, so that'll be fun having a new cast member. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Ferg- Ferguson had tweeted he was back in Haven. We know we saw some photos with him directing, and he tweeted uh, he was going to work on the Vampire Diaries for a day in Atlanta, and then he was heading back to Haven for more, you know, more of Haven. So I don't know if he meant post-work on directing or if he meant he's going to be acting as William. I'm not sure about that. Um, and they've only got about six more weeks of shooting. They're supposed to be done the week before Christmas. So things are coming to a close here on episodes 5A and 5B, or seasons 5A and 5B. Right, and it looks like they're full steam ahead and... Uh, don't forget also that Christian Edge, Adam Copeland's uh, wrestling partner from WWE, will yes. be guest starring on November 28th episode, I believe. Yes, that's correct. That is the Friday after Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S., uh, November 28th. Now, normally after Thanksgiving, shows don't air a new episode, so know that they are. Yeah, Haven will be on this year, the Friday after Thanksgiving in the States. They are going to air that new episode with Christian, so um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so if you're with your family for the good old holidays, uh, watch some Haven with them. Yeah, have a turkey hangover on Friday and watch Haven. Exactly. And so with that, let us, I I know you guys want to hear our thoughts on the show, on the episode. Um, Episode 508, Exposure, written by Nick Parker. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Okay. Well, and, I, I like all my Haven episodes. What can I say? <laughs> well, I think, I think the people, thing that, that we all have to remember when watching episodes nowadays is that we've left the world of procedurals and uh-huh. we've come to serialized TV. Good distinction. Because all of these things are connected, not just because of the double format, but because uh, each is a small part in a larger story. Kind of like Breaking Bad was okay. told over seasons and it was little parts of a big story. This is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know some people have their own feelings about this episode. Just keep in mind, have faith in the writers. I have faith in the writers. Um, and this is just a small part. So why do I say that? Well, let's talk about the episode. Okay. Dave and Vince. Our favorite brothers. Still <laughs> healing in North Carolina. Oh, my God, that wound that, like, the special effects or the makeup department, whoever is doing that wound on um, Dave's leg. Glory. (laughs) Nice job, because it looks really gross. It looks infected. I can tell, and I'm not a doctor. 
And David's just been ignoring that thing. And I think if it was you or me or our family member that had that injury, we would say, you know, you've got to get that looked at. And I think he's been ignoring it because he's afraid of it, right? And what does it mean? And he doesn't want to become a science experiment. And well, you, you, de- the void you and- could definitely see his fear when um, the doctor took that, mm-hmm. that biopsy and was going to go to the CDC or just have tests run on it. Right. Uh, the fear in his eyes when Vince was like, we need to get that back. And he was like, uh, no, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. You could and see literally, the fear. He, literally, he was out, right? He got up out of the bed and he left and he kind of abandoned Vince there. Yeah. And, okay, so I had a, a random, random question. Why did he have Garland Warnos's badge? Does he just, like, walk around with that? You know, because Nathan picked that up in um, Spiral after his dad exploded. Nathan picked that up from the sand on the beach, we all remember, and had it in his hand. I can't imagine that that was really Garland's badge that he had. Or did we get a close-up and it said that it wore no on it? I'm hoping that was just some type of badge and he just used Garland's name. Or maybe, maybe, how- maybe he kept it with the cooler. You know, you don't know. If Nathan put the badge in the cooler and buried it that way, then that's plausible that that's how he got it. Otherwise, I'm not sure how would he have had it, gotten it. Which, again, leads to a hanging question. Why did they dig up the cooler uh, previously? Sorry, I just had to break that because it really bothers me <laughs> about that. And I hope we get an qu- answer to that because I just I don't know. But yeah. anyway. Okay, but that whole scene with Dave, you know, playing the chief warnos or you know and rescuing vince you know vince kind of struck out and got in deep with that nurse there in the hospital yes and and, and admittedly you have to you have to suspend belief for a little bit with that scene and the grumpy bitter hospital staffer uh-huh and i didn't know you could lock rooms from within with the badge <laughs> so again we're, we're suspending belief nick but i'm with you it was a hilarious scene because vince was shut down quick yeah, and, you know, uh, sugar, and, I mean, that was, I mean, Dave was all, the father of lies, Dave calling Vince the father Oh, yeah. Of that was a great line. Getting to slap uh, Vince upside the head. Yeah. And then but, we had, we had that beautiful moment at the end of the uh, episode as well. Yeah, I mean, that was very touching. We have, we've getting a lot of Vince and Dave, but it was fun to get that banter and that lightness of the two of them in that, in the hospital room with the nurse, you know again, when Dave was uh, rescuing Vince. And, you know, they both got this concern of hiding Haven's secrets. Um, I think Vince is a little more on that because Dave's a little more concerned about himself and he himself not wanting to get sucked back into the void or being used as an experiment. And Vince is kind of a little more focused on we've got to protect Haven and the secrets. Um, So it was nice to see them have that little scene at the, the Grey Goal, you know, toasting each other and, you know, well, they had a moment, right? Yeah. Um, come what may, they'll moment. face it together. And I, and I've said from yeah. the beginning, I've loved these two, and I'm I'm happy uh, to have that moment. Right. And we know it ended with uh, Dr. Charlotte Cross coming on board, and we'll see where that's going to lead us. Yes. Yeah, so welcome, Laura Manel, officially to Haven. Awesome. Yeah. But before before we we don't really have much about Laura, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Duke and Mara, which has been the subject of many a uh, conversation. Well, there was so much going on between the two of them. What does she want from him? Mara, I, mean, I, I, I really believe Mara is playing a long con here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, let's talk about what we do know. One, the story of Duke's mom. Right. That is a sad story. 
Yeah, but that, so now we have the answer of how Duke kind of became this pirate or this smuggler or this guy who deals in, you know, the underground or kind of, uh, you know, lives a little below the law, right? Yeah. We understand why now and how he started down that path. Yes. Uh, That is a very sad story for someone to grow up with a childhood like that. That being said, Mara asking about his mom, random. It came random, yes. I, that's a good way to describe it, random. But I don't think it was random at all. I think she's playing him, uh, and and this could be entirely wrong. This is my speculation. Um, maybe she's just playing him to learn more about him, because she doesn't mm-hmm. know a lot about Duke outside of what Audrey knows, and Audrey spent most of her time with Nathan. Right, right. And I think you're absolutely right. I think she's playing him. Um, I think she wants something from him. Um, I think, well, in a way, he's just her boy toy as well. You know, she's playing with him. She's locked up downstairs in the, the, the Cape Rouge. She, her only human er- interaction since they separated Mari and Mara and Audrey has been with Duke. And, you know, she's just having some playtime with him, I think, as well. We know she loves to play mind games. Um, and she's trying to manipulate him and maybe weaken him and to get something else out of him. Yeah, and I think it's a very dangerous thing. Um, he said it himself to Audrey, and maybe because he knew uh, Audrey, we can't trust her. And she's quick to say, I don't trust her, but I trust you. And right. while I don't think that trust is misplaced, I think uh, she underestimates his strength or situation because she doesn't uh-huh. necessarily know everything that's going on with Duke right now. No, that's true. And I think Duke being ex- constantly exposed to Mara is a bad thing. Because after a certain point, if you're constantly exposed to a flu bug, you're going to catch the flu. Well, it's kind of like the Stockholm Syndrome, right? I mean, if um, although it would be Duke coming under Mara's influence, although technically the Stockholm Syndrome would be Mara coming under Duke's influence. You know, when you start to sympathize with your kidnapper? Well, maybe she will. I don't, we don't, I don't know. Think, I don't think Mara's going to be the one who... Um, you, you know, don't think she'll turn good? Yeah. Well, but the No, I don't is, think like, so either. I'm wondering, but he's kind of hanging on to her. Now, when she said in that scene to Duke, um, why did you split us in two and why, didn't, why did you keep me around? Why didn't you just bring back Audrey? You could have done that. Right. And, and he, he, he said, believe me, it was an accident. And she's like, no, no. Remember who you're talking to here. Subconsciously, there was some intent. Right. I know so, how this works. Now, is she playing with him or is that true? And now, if that is true... I will say um, Duke could be afraid that if Mara is gone, that could be Duke's death sentence because in a, he does need her to help release some of these troubles. You know, he hasn't been able to release all the troubles single-handedly on his own. But I'm wondering, does Mara also think if Duke is gone or killed that that's Mara's death sentence? Um, I, I, don't think it's the, I don't think it's the second. Okay. I think Duke, if it's true, I think... Duke is afraid that he's not going to be able to control all the troubles. And the one person who knows the troubles um, that can help him is Mara. And they need her. And to some degree, he may have thought that. Right. But she kind of needs him because if he is around, you know, she's not immune to these troubles that he's going to be releasing. So she needs to be in the loop when and where and how he's releasing these troubles. So they kind of have this weird dependency on each other. But I don't know if if Mara thinks like that. Okay. You know, I think for her it's, 
okay, I'm here. How can I make the best of this situation and control the man that can do something to me? Okay. You know, because he can do something to her because when he releases these troubles, she's not immune to them. So, right. And so I I don't think she's trying to um, be in the loop. I think she's trying to control it. Okay. And in the same vein, that's assuming that, that, that he did subconsciously think that way. And by his face at the end of the scene, you think that. Mm-hmm. But let's say he didn't. Because how... Because uh, Mara wasn't much help in getting that gibberish trouble. Right. Right? Whose intent was that? Yeah, yeah. And so... Is she... It, well, you know, she, all you need is a seed of truth. In she a lie. Put her hand on, she put her hand on Duke, though, to help him release that gibberish trouble. But she didn't and put a hand on him for, for this trouble. No, because he did this one on his own, right? When he separated Audrey and Mara. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it was his thought, right? He had to think of a trouble. Yeah, and he was able, and he released, when he was mourning Jennifer, he had the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil trouble that his emotions released. Right, so really, how much does Mara, does he need Mara? And maybe he knows that, and, but... I think Mora is taking advantage of the situation and planting the seed of doubt within Duke. Gotcha. She's making Duke think Duke you me when you're and I see to your point, Amy, Duke really doesn't need her perhaps. Right. But now you're making him think he does. Yeah. Now do you think Mara now I think you've kinda of told me you're gonna say no to this. So Mara I thought Mara wanted the Crocker journal because she's not immune to those troubles that Duke has and she wants to get all the information she can about the troubles that he's got. I thought that's why she wanted the journal. You know, honestly, I think she still wants the journal. I think she maybe may have tried to throw him off. Because mm-hmm. why, why talk about the mom? You know? Yeah. I think that was her go-to, let me try and, uh, you know, make the best of the situation because you're not giving it to me. Yeah. And you're a smuggler and you're a con man and you, this is how you think. I'm like that. So yeah. let me do this. I. It's still so gray. Yeah. And we've had two episodes with Mara and Duke, which again I think is a bad you know, we need to get some other people seeing Mara. Yeah. Of course they did work together a bit in this episode to bring Nathan back. Um we know that um Mara saw Nathan. We we didn't see that as viewers, but she referenced that Nathan had come to visit her again and gave her some more information about, you know, the trouble. And we know that Duke goes back to talk to Mara and gets the information from her about how to solve the trouble at the request of Audrey. We remember Audrey says, Duke, would you consider going another round with Mara? I need to figure out how to solve this trouble. Um, so she did assist in, in bringing Nathan back in the sense that she helps, you know, them figure out about the trouble that you have to print the photograph. Um, so that was an interesting twist. You know, and, and speaking of that interesting twist, what happens if you constantly do that interesting twist? What if you're okay. constantly helping the troubled when you, you're trying not to, you're trying to control the situation, but you keep helping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happens you, after multiple exposures of helping? Do you think that, are you going down the path that there's some possibility of redemption for Mara herself? I don't know. I don't know. Does, or does she have a change of heart in some way, shape or form? I'm not saying it's because of Duke. I'm saying it's because of the exposure she's had to the Haven Savers, but now it's not the Haven Savers doing it. It's her. Uh-huh. Although I, I really feel she has a, this this um, strong resentment to Nathan, which is why at the end she's like, can't be worse than me hearing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how 
the next couple of episodes play out. But as you heard from our interview with Brian, uh, these next couple of episodes are going to be exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. And so um, we'll see. But you know what the one of the highlights of this episode for me was? What? The guest stars. Oh, they were awesome. Uh, I loved all of them. So let me just uh, mention them all really quick. Uh, Chris Masterson played Morgan. Uh-huh. Chris Lemke, as we know, plays Seth. Really happy to have him back. Uh, Lara Jean Korostecki. Uh, Korostecki? I'm not sure how to say that either, Amy. I, I, I think she was on Hannibal previously. Um, she was Amy. And then Dylan Taylor, of course, was in the previous episode, played Reggie. Right. So all these wonderful actors uh, doing amazing things. Uh, Chris Masterson from that 70s, uh, no, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. Uh, fantastic acting range, which was on display. We didn't get a lot of Amy, uh, and we had our favorite Chris Lumpke, uh-huh. Seth and the Dark Side Seekers, and then Dylan Taylor with his very, very anger-filled rage towards Nathan fight scene, yes. which was cool. Yes. Uh-huh. So I, I enjoyed them. What was your... Favorite part well, about the guest stars? I loved Chris Lemke. I loved having the Dark Side Seekers back. And I just want to give a shout out to the writer of this episode, Nick Parker, who also wrote our previous episode in season four, Shot in the Dark with the Rougarou. Yes. That was with the Dark Side Seekers. Props to you, Nick. I mean, Chris was hilarious. I love his lines. I love the plot and, you know, how he uh, goes about things. And he just had the best dialogue. I loved the, um, I loved the Seth... Audrey bonding. Uh-huh. The fact that they could relate to each other. Yeah. And that they were both going through similar parallel situations. Nice touch there, Nick. Um, yes, working without our partners. Yeah. Go it alone. Very nice parallel. Yeah. So um, all of those. Uh, the highlight for me uh, with Morgan was the last scene. Okay. When um, Audrey tells... Amy, because she, she's trying to get it out quickly, what she wants to say to Amy about him, because she has a gun in her face. You know, he's not that man. He's gone. And he just loses it. Uh-huh. And you can see the desperation to prove that he's not gone. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, blown by Chris Masterson's acting in that scene. Loved it. And I love Chris Lemke all throughout. I hope... I wish they were able to bring him back. Maybe they do. I know it's awesome that they got him back for, you know, this is the second time we've seen his character in Haven and, you know, in our show. So I don't know if there's time to get him back for a third episode, but he he's awesome. I, I would. Yeah, I would. It would be great. But I think, again, that's the writing and the acting. Perfect combination there in the Dark Side Seekers. Yeah. And, and you can also see his growth from previous. You know, I've seen the supernatural. I've seen all this stuff, you know, but you, and, and his talk with Audrey and you see past that, you see the human that needs help. And I think that's great. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So love to have him call. Maybe he'll be on call, <laughs> you know, speed dial. Who are you going to call? call? Let's get him. <laughs> and I think that would be great. But, um, the one thing we didn't talk about is the, the lovely couple that we all know and love the couple of the show. My Naudry? You're Naudry. <laughs> Nathan and Audrey. The Naudry shippers, we are, we number, there's a high amount of us. We are out there in force and not uh, not afraid to admit it. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, they are the couple of the show. Um, the writers have said that in the past, and right. it's been a plan from 
other tweets and articles before it, that that Nathan and Audrey were meant to be together. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not so easily. They haven't right. had an easy path. But, you know, um, this episode kind of... Nathan asks the question, you know, is that what I'm trying to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but, but we digress. Audrey, in her desperation to find Nathan, is desolate almost in the fact that she's not making any headway here. Yeah, I mean, I well, she was when she was questioning her ability whether she could work the case without him. She was struggling without him. She was missing him. You know, she had that moment of doubt. She didn't know if she could do this without him. I think she also had that doubt because she's not immune. Um, so she didn't have her immunity to help her solve the uh, trouble. Um, and remember in the previous episode, she said, you know, um, we're that couple. We, we work cases together. Um, and here she was having to work it without him. I think um, going to the point you said about the immunity, I think I think that plays a very big part. And and we talked about this off the podcast earlier. Right. Um, Audrey is in this new position. And, you know, I've always said Haven is the story of Audrey Parker. And now we've always had Audrey Parker up into the season as the one with immunity to the troubles. Uh-huh. Then we learned she was the one who started the troubles. As well, Mara, now, yes. well, well, as Mara. But now we have Audrey Parker, the human. The yes, one who, she's, yeah, yeah. The one who doesn't have troubles and the one who didn't start the troubles. Right, and she's her own self now and she doesn't have to uh, feel that she's responsible for any of that. Exactly. And I think because of all that, She's learning herself as we are learning more about her as well at the same time. Yeah. That she is more than her immunity, which she learned in this episode. She can still be a um, first grade detective, detective. and well, save Nathan. Right. Well, that's like you and Amy, like we were talking together before we started recording. Like, you know, Audrey's always been on this search to find herself and who is she and what's my identity. And she's kind of hit a new uh, chapter in that search for her identity because as Amy as you just said now she really is Audrey she's separated she's her own person I think we both agree she's kind of like a normal human now she's not anybody but Audrey yeah you know she can't go into the barn to stop aging anymore she's no longer immune she's as she said to Nathan I'm no more immune to the troubles than you are um so this is kind of a new chapter in her finding herself and her identity how do I am I a haven saver without my immunity how is this going to affect me what does this mean? And I think um, that I think that's something that we're going to see in these next couple of episodes. I don't think that was the end of it. This immune, this lack of immunity, you know, is mm-hmm. is new for her. She was always right. able to go and fix something because she was immune. She was able to help the guy with the sweat trouble, right? Because right. she could just touch it. Well, you can't yeah. do that right now. Yeah, you know. And we saw in season four, Nathan solving troubles without her. Now we're seeing. Audrey learning how to help troubled people without Nathan in this yes, episode. That, and that's what I really, I really like that. That's exactly what I wrote right here, Amy, in my notes. We've all, we've seen so much of Nathan without Audrey and Nathan working alone and Nathan being desperate for her and missing her and, and trying to get her back in season four and in the start of season five that we're watching now. And I just really like to see the opposite. Instead, here it was Audrey's desperation for Nathan and Audrey working without him and Audrey missing him. And, I mean, we've seen her desperation before, like you could say in Magic Hour Part 2 or maybe in parts of Countdown. Um, 
and I think I've always felt that it was there on Audrey's part, but it was so evident now, you know, her yearning for him and how much she loves him as much as he loves her. And um, right. And, and it was just kind of nice to see the shoe on the other foot, so to speak. Right. And it's just not to say that we want more of them separately doing things. I think the best part is when the two work together to solve a trouble and help Haven. Right. Because they are that couple. They are that, yeah. that partnership that, does everything and have a relationship that's beyond uh, right. their partnership. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And going back to the struggle of Audrey, you know, not being immune and how you and I both feel this is going to be kind of a big thing moving forward, at least for the next few episodes. I'm sure a lot of the folks listening have their points of view on that as well. Um, I like how she was able to turn that fear and desperation of being not immune and she used it to her advantage and she did not hesitate to go back to the other side to get yeah. Nathan back, right? Yeah. And, and she, she herself even said, I'm going to use it to my advantage, and she did. Yeah, and this is something, right, um, we all feel when we face a problem, we don't know how to solve it. And mm-hmm. we're struggling, we're struggling. All we need is that one tip. And it kind of sends us down the road of solving it. That's kind of what uh-huh. happened when she realized when Seth had his hands up, wait, that's it. Amy, let's go see her. Uh-huh. And she said the line. She said it, and I was like, Audrey is back. She said, Amy, do you know about the troubles? <laughs> and I was like, yes. So thank you, Nick Parker, for having the line. I have missed the line. Uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, she was um, in full Audrey Parker detective. I'm going to solve the trouble mode when she made that statement to um, the character Amy. Yeah. Have heard of the troubles. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. it was and I loved so her happy. single focus. Like, we always had all these episodes, like I said, of Nathan singly focused on getting Audrey back. Well, this episode, it was Audrey, that one single focus of getting Nathan back. Um, and, you know, nothing really stopped her. She, her lack of immunity did not stop her. And she was determined to get him back. And, of course, she did. And that, folks, is what we have to face uh, these next couple episodes. Yeah. <coughs> and and then we did have a final scene with Nathan and Audrey together. And it was nice to hear Audrey speak <coughs> the words, we deserve to be together. Um, it was nice to kind of see that come from her. And to kind of, you know, we've always known Nathan wants them to be a couple. I mean, they love each other to me, and they always have to me. Their love for each other has been equal. They are each other's everything, and that's why I'm so enamored of this pairing. But it was just nice to see Audrey be the one to speak those words, we deserve to be together. Um, you know, that she wants that as badly as Nathan does. Yes. <coughs> so yes. thank you for that, Nick. <laughs> so before I die... From this cold. It's, oh, do you have something else to say, Amy? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Here, you can I'll wrap it up for me. I'll keep on talking. Okay, so I don't know what if you think about this, Amy, or any of our other folks out there who enjoy Haven like we do. Um, I don't know if I'm stretching on this, but okay, so Morgan said uh, to Nathan when he was holding the gun on him when he and Audrey were back together, and I think they were back. I can't remember if they were back in the real world yet. He said, you know, to Nathan, you get to be happy. You get to be, uh, you know, normal, have this happy life as a couple. Um, and I was wondering if that was kind of like, like progress for Nathan and Audrey, or like they're turning the corner that other people kind of see them as this normal, happy couple now. Of course, we know their road has been... Rocky? Yeah, <coughs> to say the least. Full of road bumps, rocky, hard. It's not been easy. I don't see it being easy moving forward. But I don't know. And like even in the switcheroo part two, Duke said to Nathan, um, I'm sorry, we can't all find true love like you, Nathan. 
Um, so is there kind of a perception now, finally, of Nathan and Audrey as just being this normal, happy couple? And is that progress for them? And they almost had a little PDA at the end, you know, like they were I comfortable. Think, I think it's more that they're together. Yeah. Right? Okay. Duke doesn't have Jennifer. Uh-huh. Morgan may not have Amy. Right. And I think what they're saying is you should be happy that you're together at all. Right. Like you're with each other. And they thought in this episode, you know, Nate wasn't sure if he was going to get back to Audrey. She didn't know if she could bring him back. So exactly. Yeah. So overall, uh, a fantastic episode. I did enjoy it. And apologies again for the late uh, of this, but uh, enjoy this. Listen to it now and then watch Haven tonight. At 7. Yes, 7 o'clock Friday nights on Sci-Fi for those who live in the States. And we will see you next time, hopefully sooner than later. This is Revisiting Haven.